Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Stress. It's part of our lives as mothers, and eliminating it isn't possible, but managing it is. Reset is a stress supplement formulated for the three body systems that are affected by stress, the nervous, endocrine, and immune systems. This is reminding me of my homeschooling, Amy. (laughs) Their unwind supplement contains ingredients like ashwagandha and chamomile that are perfect to help you unwind at the end of the day. I'm speaking from experience, guys. I tried the 14-day reset myself. Uh, it, It really helped me. I slept. I was calm. I didn't yell. It was great. Reset also has a daytime product called Calm for Daytime Stress, just in case you have any of that, guys. And their 14-day reset is a free program at reset.com that gives you science-based exercises to retrain your stress response. Which means you're tackling your stress from every angle. Try Reset. It's available at CVS and at Target, and this month Target is running a special on their website. Or for 10% off your first purchase, go to r 3 set.com and use the code fresh at checkout. That's a reset with a three. R3set.com. Get reset. Welcome to Ask Amy from What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, solving your parenting dilemmas one question at a time. This week's question came from our very active Facebook group, facebook.com slash whatfreshhellcast. Moms answer and ask all kinds of questions for each other on there. So if you're not part of that group, come join us. Anyway, Jennifer in the group asked, any thoughts on how to get my eight-year-old son to listen or read anything outside his go-to genre? Jennifer, you don't specify what genre that is, but I'm going to suspect it's the Captain Burpalot and the Poopy Pirates from Boogertown kind of stuff, which is didn't exist when I was growing up, but it definitely was all uh, both of my boys wanted to read when they were that age. My overall piece of advice is from uh, one of their grade school teachers, because I was talking to her about this. How do I get them to read anything that isn't that? And her response, which surprised me, was that she didn't care. She wanted them to read and the boys love reading those books, and she loved that they were reading, and who cares? Let them read as much of that as they want to. So that is comforting in a way, and she doesn't know what she's talking about. But yes, at some point, you do have to diversify slightly. And so here are some things that, you know, might work, have worked for me. 
the, the thing you have to keep in mind, speaking of education professionals, is that kids first have to learn to read before they can read to learn. We, as you know, grown-ups and older kids, read about things that they're interested in. But when you're young, you're still learning to read. And I don't just mean in the, you know, kindergarten, first grade kind of way. Some kids even still like second grade, third grade, older than that, are still decoding, really working as they read. And so the subject matter itself has to be really enjoyable, really enticing, really funny, whatever it is, because it's still hard work for them. So your kid might still be a little bit in that phase anyway. As he becomes a more confident and fluent reader it becomes easier to help your kid find books that are about the things that they're interested in. Volcanoes, whatever. I remember one of my sons got really into Pompeii. There was a popular song about Pompeii and I told him what that was and he was fascinated. So we found a book about it and then another book about it. Um, You know, really, really cool stuff in the world that you can get them interested in. There's a series of nonfiction books called You Wouldn't Want to Be. And it's like, you wouldn't want to be a peasant during the French Revolution. You wouldn't want to be living in Salem during the witch trials, stuff like that. And they deliver with funny, gross out details and stuff, tons of history. And I think that those are a great resource for this kind of kid to move towards something a little more sophisticated. So check those out. If they're reading about, you know, I don't know, the New England Patriots or kitty cats, as long as they're reading, it doesn't really matter. The trick is, I mean, I don't have to tell you, you're pushing back against decreased consumption, right? I mean, I know I I read many fewer books than I used to when I didn't have a phone in my hand, and all of us are fighting the same battle. So modeling reading in front of your kids is also really potent. And it's not, you know, reading an article on your phone. It's not scrolling Facebook. It's it's putting the screens away, letting them see us use, whether it's a cookbook or it's an article in a magazine, just like reading on paper. And if you can set aside a reading hour, reading time, family silent reading, my kid's school calls it D-E-A-R, drop everything and read. Give it a shot, you know, call, call it something cool, make it, make it funny, make it family, make it we're doing it too, not just the kids. When I was little uh, in the summertime, I mean, not little, fourth, fifth grade, I can remember my big summer's day activity was walking to the local library branch and handing back in the several books that I had read and getting some construction paper leaves put on my branch of the summer reading tree. And I wanted so much to make that branch look just so full of construction paper leaves. I know there was a prize at the end. It was I, I, it was probably like ice cream or something. I don't remember what it was. I think it was like an ice cream party at the library. That was secondary to me to seeing this visual proof that I had read all these books. And so that's something else you can try in your house if you can't get to the library this summer of, of putting it up, you know, stickers, charts. And yes, maybe you do have to go for ice cream at the end, but something hanging in the middle of the house where your kid can see that you're proud of the books that he has read this summer, it might get you somewhere. And then there's a library. A lot of us don't go to libraries anymore because there's Amazon, there's Kindles, there's everything at your fingertips and who's reading anyway. But taking your kids to the library where they have a card and they can pick out as many books as they want is can be really, really 
powerful. And of course, that's tricky right now. Uh, my own town library is letting in three people at a time wearing the proper uh, masks for 15 minutes. And so it's a sort of like supermarket dash, like how many books can you grab in 15 minutes? Your kid might find that really entertaining if that was the case. And I think also that they can give up on a book. You know, if they're, if they're 10 pages into a book and they don't think it's that interesting, there's another one. Try something else. Find something you like, that they can be in charge of their choices and not stuck with something hard or boring. That also might make it a little bit easier. It doesn't sound like your kid is a reluctant reader, but in case they are, one thing that has worked uh, for me is to get um, the audio recording of a book and the book and have my uh, reluctant reader read along uh, with the with the voice. That really helps too. Try all these things. Something will work. If they are reading Captain Underpants in the meantime, hooray, good for you. You're already winning. Jennifer, let us know how it goes. Send us your parenting questions and we might answer yours next. Email us questions at whatfreshhelppodcast.com. Thanks for listening. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk, and let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it.